Justin Makovich, I did some traveling this week. Um, as you, you're aware, we've talked. We're friends outside of the show. Um, <laughs> we talk. <laughs> uh, I, I did some traveling. I went to Florida. I went. I went to Disney, which was pretty sweet. Um, but the first thing that, thing that happened to me on our trip before we even uh, got to Florida, before we even left, was I'm sitting there with my girlfriend on the plane flying Southwest. Shout out Southwest. I'm a big fan of you and your whole situation. Um, and your love of Midway Airport, which is my love of Midway Airport. Anyway, I'm sitting there, and across the aisle from us on the plane is this guy. He looks like he's, like, he might be five years younger than me. I'm going to say he's, like, 20. Okay. And he's playing his Switch. And it's, I'm playing my Switch. I got my, my my GameCube controllers on it. You know what I mean? I'm playing Zelda. Uh, and I'm... I don't know about you. Anytime I see another person playing video games in public, I'm trying to be like, it would like, yeah, I'm not going to ask got? you, but like, I'm like, kind of looking like, what, what you, what you doing? playing there? And I like lean over to Elaine. I'm like, this guy's playing persona five. I wonder what party's at. I'm like, I'm like so happy. Like, I hope you're enjoying persona five, my friend. And then as I'm kind of like eyeballing it, like out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, he's not playing persona five. Oh, this man has already played Persona 5. He's playing Persona 3. Like, oh, <laughs> I was like, I was like you know what I mean? Just like, like, no, this guy loves Persona 5, has already played Persona 5, because he's playing Persona 3 right, on the Switch right, right now. Like, <laughs> and Elena, I don't remember what, like exactly what she said, but she said something along the lines of like, do you just find yourself everywhere? Like, <laughs> like do you just find pieces of yourself everywhere? <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> as we're going to fucking Disney to go see the Star Wars stuff and whatever cut, cut to like ten minutes later, you've taken off your seatbelt. You're now sitting next to him, just talking about Persona Five. Do you? Okay, here's the problem though. Like, like you're joking, and I, like I know it's like goofy that we're sort of saying this. Do you ever find yourself like? I wasn't gonna say anything. There's like six people in between us, but I was like, if we ended up standing next to each other, would I even even try to be like? So like, is it good? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, are you enjoying Persona Three? It depends. Like, if I'm on an airplane, I would not do that because, like, I feel like if you're on an airplane with it for an extended amount of time with someone, like, yeah. then you're like, you've opened up a trip, a flight of having to talk to this person because yes. it gets awkward if you talk for like five minutes and then what? You know what I mean? Like, do you right, keep like, talking? We're not, friends. Or, like, we're not friends now, right? right it's just right. like. Um, and but you're right though on an airplane you're kind of like captive yeah yeah you know what I mean I mean maybe uh, if he was sitting right next to you and like that's just how the seats if he was sitting next to me worked. he pulled out a switch I pulled out a switch there's also a, a likely a, like a very strong likelihood that he would have looked over at me and seen my GameCube Joy Cons and said something you know what I mean yeah, I would yeah. have been like hey man like I you know do you want one like, and you take one of the GameCube ones and together you turn into Switch Man. I'm just I'm gonna like I'm like hey we're, pl- we're about to play some Mario Party you let's do it like, can let's I count on everybody want yeah. to switch out today <laughs> yo when is that coming out I saw today. an ad for it today yeah it's out wow. today wow yeah did is it uh, did, are there reviews I doubt it I, I from what I heard they didn't even like give out review copies of it no uh, it did <laughs> not seem like they had a lot of faith in it um yeah, I'm not seeing anything. I mean, we looked at Metacritic earlier to to see, but um, I, a Reddit post says funny. surprisingly, everybody one to switch is not that bad. This is from Reddit user I can hear the world. So, yeah, uh, too long uh, to read. The game is corny and cringy, but more fun than I expected. There are a few really solid mini games that are worth playing multiple times. It looks like there's like a red light, green light game too, like very very similar no, that's to fun. Um, uh, what's that stupid that the show uh, Squid Game? Very similar to that. Uh, oh, okay, kind of thing sure. going on so hey i mean 
next bachelor party as we said <laughs> i'm also just real quick looking at just i'm looking at a list of upcoming releases um august which is next month i believe uh it which is yeah august supposed to have armored core f- uh six probably not huh Ar- armored core i think it'll come out you think so? We haven't seen. We've seen one trailer for it in well, December. They've, they've had previews, seen... I think. They've had like hands-on previews okay. with it. Yeah, yeah. They had, okay. I'm I'm confident that's going to come out, and I think it's going to be. I mean, I think it's going to be okay. I, I don't know if it's going to be a game I'm running for, but even in July, we have Oxen Free Two coming out. Yep. I know that's on your fantasy team. Yes, it um, is. Exo Primal Viewfinder on my team. Pikmin Four. I hope it sucks because it's I counterpicked it. Uh, Remnant Two from the Ashes. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart of the PC. The Expanse. A Telltale series. We got a busy july coming up and my backlog is bulging yeah i don't can i be honest i I really didn't know what word you were gonna say there (laughs) but like just like the imagery was so like (laughs) so clear you know what i mean (laughs) oh gosh oh gosh it's hitbox on everyone welcome to hitbox episode number 151 my name is peter hunt spitek joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host justin makovich justin i'm back from florida i don't mean to brag i i tan really easily so i'm pretty tan i don't really think you can see it in how pasty i am with this light i know it's like like, shining directly it's like these lights too so i like i'm also pretty tan tanner than i have been and i don't realize it because like every day i go out to run around noon because i'm an idiot like the hottest point of the day go out to run um, but like when people keep like saying like, man, you've gotten so tan. And I'm like, I haven't even gone on vacation yet. What's going to happen when I go, go to the Italian sun in a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited to hear about all that. And oh, for yeah. you to slip me little meatballs from inside your, your luggage. You want me um, to bring you meatballs home? No, I want to be in the luggage. In the luggage. Okay. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I think I th- I think at one point, like maybe this could be next week we talk about this a little bit more because you've been on some international trips before. I'm very yeah. nervous about the whole packing situation, but in my nerves, I've been getting a little bit more excited because I'm buying packing cubes and all these like cool like compression bags and stuff, and it's getting pretty fun, not going to lie. So for uh, my job, I ended up T-Mobile. Did I ever tell you about this? T-Mobile sent me a suitcase. Ooh. Um, it oh, is a, a smart one, right? suitcase. It is bright pink, and it's awesome. I gave it to my girlfriend because she she is like unapologetically a fan of the color pink. I love yeah, that yeah. about her. Yeah. Uh, and and so she was so excited to have this. And so she bought a bunch of so for our vacation she bought a bunch of like packing cubes and stuff. And she was like before as we were like on the plane she was like you are gonna be so impressed by how I packed this suitcase. Um, and so we're like first thing that happens we get to the hotel suitcase opens she's like look at all this shit and it's like all like individualized it's great it's very fun uh this is literally um, uh we're going on a weekend trip uh that's why we're recording on a saturday but we're going on yeah. a weekend trip uh my, my wife and i with her family um so i was doing the same thing elena was doing to you i was doing that to my wife as i was like taking out all my stuff and like showing and her like, how i was don't you see for how it. well i did this yeah yeah pretty impressed. i get it i get it <laughs> Uh, oh man, Justin, I could talk about travel with you all day and perhaps we will at a later date in time. Uh, but for now, 
I just want to give you a quick preview of what's coming up in terms of video game news, because after all, this is a video game podcast. Uh, the first headline we have here is that Sony is bad at redacting information, and we got more new information from the Microsoft FTC case. The next Assassin's Creed game might be a remake, and Gollum Studio is throwing in the towel. We're going to talk about all of those headlines and more in a little bit coming up here. Before we do, I want to tell you to jump into our Discord server. A link to that is in the description of this episode. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hitboxpod, become a $1 podcast producer, or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll or like Dave Parker. Every single week, those deluxe podcast producers get an additional 30-minute bonus episode, but sometimes it's more. Sometimes it is more than that. Um, for example, <clears throat> excuse me, the bonus episode that's coming up this week, I'm giving you my hot takes about Disney. Not only Disney World and, and the lands of the mouse, um, <laughs> but also uh, just general hot takes about some of, some of the things that are going on over there. Uh, I don't know. And I thought it was kind of interesting. Florida we talk too. about Florida in yeah. general. Yeah. Talk about uh, I built a lightsaber uh, and it's it's taking every every ounce of my uh, strength and resolve to not pick it up and just start. But I'm picturing it you holding it right now and I'm picturing you taking the blade out, picturing you licking your kyber crystal. Uh, uh, <laughs> Interesting, Justin. Perhaps we'll talk about the software. <laughs> you know, we really do get that. We've got that explicit tag on, you know, whatever. We got to use um, it. Yeah, I guess we got to use it. Uh, did I say Dave Parker and Jane Null are our deluxe podcast producers getting that 30 minute bonus episode uh, this this month they're getting a little bit more because uh, we'll talk about this uh, later uh, but we are going to be taking a two week break from Hitbox as Justin goes on his honeymoon uh, like I said we're going to talk about that later but for those deluxe Patreon producers uh, they're getting additional content this month because we will be taking that um, break of regular content don't worry about that right now I, I can feel you getting a little anxious about it you don't need to be we will guide you through it. It's all going to be okay. And then we're going to come back better than ever. If you cannot support us monetarily, all good. Hop on over to twitter.com slash hitbox pod while you still can <laughs> and follow us there. Um, Twitter has been kind of a nightmare. I mean, I think that has been the case for a while, um, but it looks like they're implementing some new changes that make it harder for us to do our show, harder for us to connect with you, harder for us to um, acquire news and that sort of stuff. Uh, so if you if you are interested in staying connected with us, um, there are other ways. We just listed them all. Um, but <laughs> I hope that we don't lose that platform because it is pretty good for us to, um, like I said, just connect with you guys, let you know when our new episodes go up. And also, um, like on a personal note, like acquiring news for the show, it's, it's kind of tricky, but... Uh, did I miss anything there, Justin? I think you did a fantastic job at like setting the table, getting us ready for um, for the wonderful day of news that we have to share with them. Table is set. What's that? Let's see. Justin, let's hop on over to the Metacritic Round. <laughs> let's do it. Metacritic Round. Ooh, 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 a big meal today for the Metacritic Roundup. <laughs> uh, we got three games, uh, although I don't know how long we're going to really talk about all three of them here. Uh, the first game up is Master Detective Archives Rain Code. This is uh, exclusively on the Switch. It is out as of yesterday, and it scored a 78. This is from Spike Chunsoft, the developers of the Danganronpa series, as well as, what was that recent game that they did? Uh, End of the World Club or something like that? Do you know what I'm talking I, about? Yeah, no, I'm not sure. Um, see um, if I can pull it up. Spike we also Chunsoft. did AI, the Sonum, Sonium Files. Uh, Fitness Circuit, uh, Chaos yeah. Head, Noah, Chaos Child, Double Pack. Chaos Head, Noah, Made in the Abyss. Is that the one? 
No. no. AI the summonu files. That is that is a like that that is one of their that is like their big thing that they've been working on since Danganronpa. The Zero Escape series, right? World Ends Club. World. Um. Yeah, World Ends Club. Yeah. Is this it? World Ends Club? No, this isn't it. Maybe this is. There was there was a game that I thought was from Spike Chunsoft. Or maybe it's just like similar developers. I don't know. Pokemon um, Mystery some, Dungeon. Hmm. Someone is screaming at me right now. Probably. <laughs> I'm through their headphones. We can't hear you. So tweet at us or message us, us or be on our Discord. Wherever. Yeah, truly anywhere. Anywhere. Um, Justin, does it, this is like a detective game with supernatural stuff going on in it. I, I imagine this is a pretty heavily visual novel as um, the Danganronpa series is, and I believe the AI Sonium Files is as well. Uh, any interest in this? Uh, I wouldn't say so. Uh, I mean, I think we talked a little bit about how I think visual novel heavy games can be a little boring to me, even in the best cases. Sure, sure. Um, I know like there's been a lot of these games that like have been interesting to me um, in theory, like Day and Rampa. I just have not gotten into it. And I know you did and you liked it. So are you interested in this? Yeah, I'm I'm interested enough. I really liked Day and Rampa. I played it for the first time what, last year, two years ago. Um it was whenever we were reviewing those projectors, so I played it mostly on a projector, which was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, it meant that all the anime kids were the size of real anime people <laughs> um, projected on the wall. Um, yeah, I, I liked I liked that that game a lot. And then I started up, like immediately finished Danganronpa, and I started up the second game, and then realized it was just more visual novel. Yeah. And like, I like a visual novel, but I was like, this is too much of that, you know? Um, so uh, it might be, I might be due to, to give this a shot. Um, it is on the switch, which is where I would prefer to play something like this. So I don't know. My, my switch time has, uh, with, with Zelda, I'm not done with it, but I've, uh, I've kind of been, been getting to the end of, of my time with Zelda. So if I'm, I'm, I'll take something new on the switch that this, I, I think could be, could be it. Yeah. I'm to the point now with Zelda that I, I, it's there forever. I will never delete it from my switch, but I don't feel like I have that active itch to just sit down and play it for 12 hours at a time. I have, I have to add to the imagery you've been making. I've scratched that itch raw. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. Have, yeah. I have truly, uh, consider the Zelda itch for me right now. Scratched. Yeah. I played the fuck out of that game. I think I ended up with 120 hours in what, like four weeks, five weeks. So like I'm, I'm doing uh, just fine. Speaking of doing just fine though, uh, I do, this is unrelated. We got tweeted at by someone asking how we're doing regarding the air quality here uh, in Illinois. It is not great. Um, today it seemed okay, although it was a little muggy out. So I don't know how that, what that has to do with the air quality. You were talking about this, I think in our bonus show. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're doing all right. I hope, I hope everyone else is doing all right regarding the, the, smoke from the canadian wildfires it, it, i think right it's weird it's like it's like anti-covid for me because like i'll go outside and i'll put a mask on and then when i go back inside, inside i take the take mask off. off like yeah that's I, funny. I literally dusted out my masks i found them and i was like oh okay we pull these out just so i could like make sure i walked outside and then i'm like walking outside and my dog of course is just sniffing like crazy i'm like are you okay do you need a mask and i'm thinking do they make dog masks does a dog need a mask I thought, I thought they said at the beginning of the pandemic, and I don't know if this is true anymore because, uh, you know, like these things change, but, um, that, you know, viruses like adapt and grow and whatever. But I thought they said that dogs cannot, dogs, cats cannot get COVID. 
But well, but even even then, like with the air quality alert, like, oh like, yeah, that's like, what you're I'm sitting about, out there with a mask, worried about the wildfire. My dog is yeah. just like living his life, not even knowing what's going on. They had a bunch <laughs> of horse races uh, across the country that were canceled um, because they didn't want the horses outside uh, uh, because they, it was obviously dangerous for them to be running and like doing like like sure, sports, sure. And, and they want to pretend that they actually care about the horses right now, right? Horse horse breaks its leg, they shoot it in the head. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny, but it is true. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it happens. Speaking of horses, uh, next game in the Metacritic roundup here: <laughs> Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life. This is uh, I I know what you're wondering, Justin. Why did I choose this game? Why did, uh, why yeah. of all the games? Uh, so, Story of Seasons is an interesting series. This Story of Seasons used to be the Harvest Moon series, and then there was an issue with the rights of it. So, the original developers of Harvest Moon now makes story of seasons and okay. the harvest moon series continues from a new develop from a different developer so we don't that, like them anymore that is not very good so we don't like the heart but like did should we not like them should we not support them because they're not the original devs i don't know to my understanding the harvest moon series is not very good anymore but the story of seasons games are decent still okay if that makes sense yeah so we got story of seasons a wonderful life which is a remake of Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life from the GameCube era. Oh, that's even more um, crazy. It's a remake of the Harvest Moon with a weird? different name. Isn't that okay, really weird? wow. Okay, yeah, yeah that's, yeah. Um, and so I want to talk about that because, first of all, that's weird. Second of all, I played the hell out of Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life. Uh, before we talk about that, though, on PlayStation 5, it scored a 68. On PC, a 75. On the Switch, a 72. And the Xbox Series X, a 76. So anywhere in the, the high 60s to the, I guess, mid-70s here, um, from what it seems like, most people are saying this game is um, exactly what the GameCube version was back in the day with some updated graphics. Uh, it, it, it looks a lot like what I remember the graphics to be, if that makes sense. Um, the, these chibi characters sort of sort of hanging around. Um, but the big problem with this whole thing is if you have played Stardew Valley, you have played this game but you might have played it better <laughs> at this point. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Because Stardew is just, is just so good. Um, that said, as a fan of this original game who has a lot of nostalgia for the Harvest Moon series, I don't know. I might be interested in trying this, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are so many of these like like kind of farming sim-esque games out there that, I mean, how long have you played, Har- uh, not Harvest Moon, how long have you played... Um, uh stardew yeah stardew uh i think 50 hours and then animal crossing came out like i I picked it up i picked (laughs) it up beginning of 2020 and then animal crossing came out yeah Um, so i mean if if there's that itch you want to scratch hey why not looks it looks fun i also like i might pick up stardew again when uh once me and my girlfriend live closer together because i think she she bought that um when i bought it Oh. Sort of like un, uh, she she sort of just like hey I bought this game and I was like I don't know if you're gonna like this based on like it's you know it doesn't really hold your hand you know what I mean oh um, yeah. my wife loves it yeah but did, were you there helping her figure it out no at all, or no, no in fact oh, really? she loved okay. it so much that I w- I went to pick it up and I was like this is boring <laughs> <laughs> I like it I do like it um but Elena had a little bit of trouble with it, it was a little too, it was like one of her first games too so I don't yeah know, like, yeah yeah um. Anyway, uh, Story of Seasons, Wonderful Life. If you're interested, this seems like it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I will have fun with this as like a nostalgia trip, but I don't know if this is going to be like 
perfect for people who are looking for the next Stardew Valley. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially because yeah. that game seems to be like updated so frequently. Whatever. Um, last game here in the Metacritic roundup: The Legend of Heroes: Trails into Reverie. Not to be confused with Harmony Fall into Reverie. Um, this is Trails into Reverie. Uh, scored on the Switch a 78. Uh, it is unscored on the PC, unscored on the PS4, and is an 85 on the PS5. So um, by all means, this seems to be a solid pick um, for those who are fans of the Legend of Heroes series. Uh, I know that these games come out pretty frequently, don't they? I think so. These, these are JRPGs, by the way, by, by uh, Koei Tecmo. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, let's see here. And reviews are out, but the game doesn't come out for a little bit here. Um, yeah, Dave yeah. is probably right now screaming at us. <laughs> yeah, our our friend Dave Parker uh, is is a trails or sorry is a what is this called Legend, Legend. Of, Legend of Heroes fan. Well, no, because there's like there's like a lot. The games are called Legend of Heroes <laughs> Trails into and then like another word like uh, like that's I think what a lot a, of them are. It's a very from. wordy title, that's for sure. It is. It certainly is. Um, um, I mean, there, yeah, there's there's basically looks like there's one almost every year. They have uh, dating back to quite some time. This is one of those that I'm still like hesitant to to pick up because I want to play them all because I know I don't have to, but I I would want to. Um, sure. But yeah, the Trail series starts back in. Or she's the legend of heroes. I I can't even. There's like a sub series too. So can I say that like earlier this year we got Legend of Heroes Trails into Azure. Yeah. So like th- these games are coming out. Then you got uh late last year Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero. <laughs> like yeah. like these games are 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 coming out at a clip. You know what I mean? Well. Um, and wait 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 like th- they come out at different times too because it looks like this game has already come out Trails into Reverie. Um. When did this yeah, come? sorry. This is uh, NIS America is is the uh, de- I think the developer of this. Anyway, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, the, these are one of those like JRPGs that have a um, uh, uh, like worldwide release oh. that is different than the Japanese release. Got it. Yeah, the English um, <laughs> this game came out. It's 2020, 2020 game. Um, this game is in August of twenty twenty, and then it re- it's releasing in the English version July of twenty twenty three. This is a three year old game. But people like it. People like it. That's so crazy. for JRPG fans. Um, I know we talked about like Final Fantasy a little bit last week. I, I did play more of it. Um, but I think this is another example of like a solid game, a solid JRPG that is not in the Final Fantasy series. If you were a little bit burned, no pun intended, by the like more action uh, uh, side of things that the Final Fantasy series is doing currently. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think one thing with Final Fantasy 2 um, is that like the Final Fantasy, like it every... Final Fantasy is a very different yeah. game, different mechanics, different everything. So having that like series like that is pretty similar, but like changes slightly. Like, even like a Pokemon series, like you know what you're getting with Pokemon. Yes. Final Fantasy, you don't quite know what you're getting anymore. It's a much bigger mixed bag. So like looking for a yeah. series that you really get into, um, that's always something fun to have. No, I, I think that's that's put Xenoblade in front fair. of anything, I'd play it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I would play it. I liked Xenoblade Chronicle Three so much um, that I would I would I would give really anything a try. <laughs> if Xenoblade was in front of it, yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, Justin, let's talk about the news. What do you say? Let's do it. Last week, we covered the first two days of the uh, Microsoft Activision FTC trial here uh and so the i think closing arguments have gone up at this point 
and uh, we've learned a lot of stuff. I think the first thing we want to talk about here is um, Sony redacting documents and uh, the person who redacted them not knowing how redacting documents works. And hey, I've never redacted the document, so if you told me to do this, I bet I would make the same damn mistake. Um, but essentially, uh, the person who was meant to redact uh, certain information, um, like cross stuff out with a sh like a sharpie on a piece of paper and then scanned it, and then because they scanned it, you can absolutely like and scanning is like just shining a light into, <laughs> into a piece of paper. You can absolutely see the ink behind the Sharpie and read the numbers that they tried to rack, redact. Um, so, Justin, you want to run me through some of these numbers here? They, okay. they revealed things like budgets and, and the like, um, but what do you got? So um, it kind of starts talking about, like, the cost of AAA games. So there's two games that we found out how much they actually cost here. Um, so let's play a little bit of a guessing game. First of all, um, how much do you think The Last of Us Part Two cost to make? Damn that! So that game was in development for like nine years. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, or seven years, I think, something like that. They said it took a, a team of a couple people over five years, is what they said in the document. But it it was you know in the process for quite some time. How much do you think that cost? I'm gonna say 150 million dollars, uh, US. Higher, like 200 million dollars, or like way higher. Uh, not way higher than 200 million, but higher than 200 million. Like I'm gonna say 275. 220. 220. Okay. 220 is how much The Last of Us Part 2 costs to make. I can I say I fucking bet. That <laughs> like that's a game that the the budget is on screen. You know what I mean? Like you hear oh, yeah. about like uh, uh Halo Infinite potentially being one of the most expensive games to develop ever. Like it's a good game, it's fun, don't get me wrong, but it's like where did that go? Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? You made Far Cry, whatever. Like, what'd you do? Whereas like, like Last yeah. of Us is like, I'm looking at the human face here. Sense. You know? So one of your favorite games, Horizon Forbidden West, I think your game I of the year, it. right? Yeah, get your game of the year. Um that one, uh, it took 300 employees five years to make. Same uh, basic timeline. Yeah, okay. um, what was the budget for that video game? I'm going to say less. I'm going to say $150 million. Uh, More. More than... $150 last million. Us? Okay. So, uh, so then just $200 million, let's say. A I think, little bit more. Uh, so $210? $212. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah. around the same budget for those games? Yeah, around the same budget. More people worked on Horizon Forbidden West, less than Last of Us Part Two. But, you know, I, I still think to have, like, let's be honest. I, I think regardless of what you think about the gameplay of those two games, those two games are like what you can circle as being like triple A ass triple A games. They are they are impressive um, showcases of what the current gaming tech has. Right, to offer, right. Like, like, say, yeah. like, like, that's a lot of money. And that is not yeah. money many companies can afford. Nope. <laughs> you know, and um, that's why, like, part of the thing, when those numbers get out there, I mean, I, th I find this fascinating. All of this this court case stuff has really been interesting to find out some of the inside workings of video games because we sit here pretending we know what we're talking about a lot of the times, but, like, yeah. we don't actually know what it's like to work inside of these companies to, like, deal with budgets, how long things take to make, how expensive things are. But to have those numbers out there in these legal documents that are like literally like this is how much it costs to make these video games. You cannot compete with a $220 million budget to make the last of us. Other companies can't compete with that. Right. You know, like you can't compete with Sony on that thing. 
Of course, I'm going to love Last of Us Part Two as one of my favorite video games of all time when you put that much money into it. Of course. That's the thing. It's it's like it's not that's not to say that you can't make a game, a great game for less. Right. Someone in the comments here, which don't read comments to articles like this. I don't know if this is true or not. Uh, says that uh, Control cost Remedy 40 million. And like, I remember that game a lot. Like you can make yeah, great absolutely. games without that. Or but, we were just talking about Stardew, right? Mate didn't have a budget. I don't think I think he did it in his spare time, if I'm remembering correctly. Like you can still have great games, but like you want to get a devoted team of people to make a game. And make sure it's really good. Yeah, give them two hundred million dollars. Can you imagine you know? control with the two hundred twenty oh, million dollar budget and the resources that Naughty Dog has? It would be it would be the exact same, but it would run on a PS4. <laughs> 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 just um, the exact same, but just no 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 slow down. Like I mean I mean I mean like there's there's so like like you just can't you you could not like uh, put those two things next to each other they would be vastly different games even if they were the same team making it if you have that kind of budget behind it like yeah i think to me that's where like the the further apart nintendo and sony and microsoft get from these other developers the less kind of the the less people are going to be able to compete with those kind of games um and it's not like we're getting Last of Us Part Two every year. Don't get me wrong; that is that right. is an anomaly for sure. Um, but like, I mean, you, you get a Last of Us Part Two once every ten years, right? Well, Breath of the uh, Tears of the Kingdom is pretty good too. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's the, that's the thing, though, right? Like, it's sort of like, yes, you were not getting Last of Us every year, but it, you're sort of on a rotating like. Uh, uh, what's the? It's like a mobile, like a mobile, right? Mobile, mobile. It's like you've got. It's like spinning. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you've got God of War, and then Zelda, and then Horizon, and then like Starfield. You know what I mean? Like, like it's all just like coming out like staggered, right? Over the over the years, and then by the time five six years rolls around again, oh, Last of Us two or three or whatever. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Um, it is silly, <laughs> like that we found out like this through the redaction stuff um like that's funny you know what i mean oh yeah Uh, honestly like it just shows like i and even like all these like emails and stuff that are getting like released and stuff like this i'm sure a lot of these these people aren't expecting their emails to be read you know in like court documents and scrutinized by video game journalists a lot of the times that's why pro tip whenever you send an email make sure that you are comfortable with the government reading your email and putting it in a court case because you never know who's going to be getting it i'm a teacher if you send something in your teacher email you got to make sure that you know that people can read those it's not your own personal little email thing they see what you're searching they see what you're saying about students right johnny they see what i said about you i'm feeling like i'm hearing something i'm not supposed to no i don't know i don't have a student named johnny and if i do i'm not talking about you Check wow. my emails. Got him. Got him. I'll I'll I would lo- I would present them to court, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you redact everything with a per- with a Sharpie, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so so because I was out of town, I, I may need a little bit of help here as we talk about some of the other findings from the closing arguments here. Uh, we you know, we already talked about Phil Spencer taking the stand. We already already talked about um who is it, the the uh, co-CEO of of Xbox, I'm forgetting her name, uh, but then also Matt Booty, who's also someone high up in the, the whole Microsoft Xbox thing. We already talked about all that, um, but it looks like that uh, in some through some internal documents and, and whatnot, um, uh, 
Microsoft also can, in addition to like Zenimax and Activision Blizzard, and everything else, uh, Microsoft potentially planned on uh, acquiring or, or was interested in acquiring Sega, Atlas, which is you know under Sega the Sega umbrella, um, Bungie, as well as Square Enix. Um, what do you what do you make of all that? So I think one thing that's really interesting, like to think about with. With, with this case and with all this kind of stuff is that Microsoft for some time has been playing from behind. I mean, the, the, the court case started off with Microsoft saying that it's lost the console wars. And while that's, I don't think that's necessarily true necessarily. Like you didn't lose it. They're, they're just not the most popular one. Right. And if you're going to say that means they lost it, whatever, I think they're still a successful business. They still are selling stuff, but like they're, they're not selling as much as, Sony and Nintendo, right? Yeah, but would you say that they, like, it has been that way for a long time, right? Yeah, oh, for, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so, like, wouldn't you say that them coming back from that seems like they have kind of lost in that space? But I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it means they've lost, per se. Sure. Like, that means it's, like, over and they're not coming back from it. You know what I mean? Like, not, not that they're not coming back from it, but more of just that, like, okay, Sony is number one in terms of like the space, you know what I mean? Sales and whatnot. And then Nintendo's number two. And then to my understanding, Xbox is like, like a pretty solid three, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, like yeah. that they are sort of outsold by a fair margin, but, uh, but also you, you're right. Like I also, it's funny to hear people like serious business people talking about the idea of console wars and whatever. Cause right. it's, it's made up. It's, it's just like right. popularity. You know what I mean? But you were saying, um, so like they, they, they set up like they've lost it. So for quite some times, they've been trying to find a way to be more competitive. Um, and that early started with Microsoft. And this even goes back to 360, which 360 for a long time, they were outselling uh, PlayStation. Yeah. And in fact, it was at the very end of the cycle that PlayStation 3 kind of overtook um, Microsoft. But Microsoft was not selling well in Japan and they know it's yeah. never sold the same way as in Japan as it has across other places. So when you hear that they were trying to acquire places like Sega makes total sense from Microsoft's yes. perspective. If Microsoft buys Sega, then Microsoft is going to have a bigger presence in Japan. They can tap into that market that they that they haven't been doing very well in. And on, honestly, you add a huge sales numbers of Japan into your, you know, uh, how many people are buying your systems, you're gonna do a lot better as a company and you're gonna do a lot better as an Xbox. Right. So like, it makes sense that they would try to do this stuff. And I'm pretty sure if we did the same thing with Sony, you don't think Sony's out there being like, yo, Sega, what's up? Yeah, uh, 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 right. Hey, hey, Bungie, you, you good? Oh, wait, you are good. Okay, we'll, we'll take it. I mean, this is the same thing. I'm sure these big companies are trying to do this because they know that to get an exclusive on their console is a huge deal. And I think one one of the, the strategies that Sony has done in recent years is these exclusivity deals. Instead of buying the company, they will buy give this company money to get their big games on their system exclusively. I mean, we see it a lot with Final Fantasy 16, current example of that. Final Fantasy 7 Remake, we only see it on um, uh, uh, PlayStation now. Is it on PC? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, it, yeah it, is. it is. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so we we have these like deals of Sony really trying to like reach out and like do these exclusive deals. Microsoft is like, okay, we'll just buy you, right? Like it's just a different yeah. way of doing business, and it's because Microsoft is like, hey, we got to make sure that we do something to stay competitive. Imagine if Microsoft lost out on Starfield. 
Like that would have been a huge knock to Microsoft yes. not being able to get that game. Now they control the narrative. They not only get to keep uh, Starfield, they get to play like, ooh, are we going to be the ones to keep uh, Elder Scrolls? And these court cases came out and found that um, they said that going forward, they are going to be putting all games, Zenimax first party games uh, exclusive to Microsoft, which mm-hmm. I would assume they didn't say specifically, nor did Phil Spencer say specifically Elder Scrolls. I would assume that would mean Elder Scrolls if that's the decision that they made. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty big to hear in these court cases, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, it, it's interesting the way that you talk about that, too. Uh, like uh, the idea that, you know. Sony doesn't necessarily need to buy the company, you know, buy Square Enix in order to get those exclusive deals, right? Also, there is a much longer history there of, you know, Square Enix doing uh, exclusive deals on the PlayStation. I imagine because they're both Japanese companies, you know what I mean? Like, I imagine that there is at least some sort of, like, uh, it's easier to contact those people, right? Like, because yeah. you don't have the language barrier, first of all. all I, you know what I'm saying, right? Um, but then, but you're right, though, where, like, Xbox maybe might not have that contact, might not have the no, might not have that long-standing relationship. But what they do have is the money to throw around to just say, "What if we just just we just want to join us? We'll buy you. We'll buy you out." You know, and because they're from Microsoft, and we've talked about this before, right? That Microsoft kind of for the longest time viewed Xbox as like the fun little project. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. here's some money, go buy a I don't know, but go buy an Obsidian. <laughs> <Just have fun. laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, I've been <laughs> I've been watching Arrested Development lately. What could one banana cost, Michael? Ten dollars? <laughs> what could one studio cost? Ten billion dollars? Zenimax? Great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, like like I think that approach is different, and and people I think I've seen a lot of people like villainizing that approach of just like oh well we'll just buy it, you know, and, and I think a lot of that is just like bad faith criticism you know what i mean as if other companies don't do that i mean sony doesn't do that for square enix right now they did that for bungie you know what i mean they did that for you know uh, uh housemark like they, they like they buy stuff too you know and these companies do buy stuff you know um but it's just that i think sony has to be a little bit more uh strategic's the wrong word because i imagine that xbox is not just buying a company to buy a company but like i think they have less money to throw around Sony does than Microsoft does. And I think that's like, that's just a fact, right? And I think but. even looking at Sony, like they bought Housemark because Housemark for the longest time has been like so closely associated yes. with um Sony. And yes. even you look at um uh Ratchet and Clank, Spider-Man, Insomniac, Insomniac. Yeah. They yeah, they had, you know, uh, a game on Xbox, but still they've been so closely associated with Sony and specifically coming in with a Spider-Man deal. You're even closer to Sony, <laughs> like, yeah. like being with that. I'm um, not even not even PlayStation. You're, you're there with Sony by dealing with Spider-Man like a lot of their moves seem to be more strategic, not so much about like gaining exclusives but maintaining relationships and Bungie is mostly about their clearly we saw from their um showcase about the future multiplayer multiplayer they brought Bungie in to help them with their multiplayer initiative which is a huge it's a you know three plus billion dollar initiative that I guess they're trying to work on by buying Bungie but it it does seem like Microsoft is just along that line of hey we don't want to lose this we're gonna do everything we can to make sure that we're gonna get our games and we know that in order to make game pass worth it for more people we got to get more games we got to make this value an even better value in video gaming because that's how we're going to keep people coming back and keep people subscribing to game pass um i think that's a fine strategy you got the money for it do it it's fine 
hasn't really worked yet, in my opinion. We'll see what Starfield brings in that first round of the big acquisition helps. We'll see if that does right. anything. Um, we'll see, you know, even with Call of Duty, like, uh, we'll see how what that does. You know, like, we'll see. We just got to w- wait and see. I, I, I don't think it's this is going to be the defining factor of the console wars. But I think it's an industry-based thing that um, it, it is going to have ripples lower yeah. than Sony and Nintendo and Microsoft, in my opinion. No, that, that's that's very, very true. But yeah, uh, I, I think you are you're all... Like a hundred percent right on the money there. Um, anything else that we learned here from uh, from these closing arguments? Um, one thing that I found to be uh, pretty interesting. Um, I, I sent you this uh, text message. I listened to this uh, a podcast called The Daily. It's New York Times da- like daily thing, and they uh, basically talk about news. Sometimes it's about world events. Sometimes it's local events. So this one pops up. And I, I really don't really read the description. I just see the name of it pop up, and I, I listen to it. And it said, is Washington finally ready to take on big tech? Um, and this uh, episode came out, said two days ago now, it came out Thursday. So it came out on Thursday, um, uh, Thursday, the end of June, whenever that was. And um, I was like, oh, great. Are they ready to take on big tech? And little did I know it was about the FTC and Microsoft case. <laughs> And I'm sort of listening to this, and I'm like, oh. Hold on a second. And what I thought was really interesting about this entire uh, episode was it kind of, like, laid the specific groundwork for this court case, the FTC taking on this Microsoft court case. It's not so much about Microsoft or video games or Sony or whatever. It's about government kind of like going in to try to regulate and stop these big tech companies from coming in and making these big blockbuster deals that could change the industry that has not really been regulated by our government. Tech has kind of like done whatever it wants because it makes so much money that it's kind of hard to compete with that from a government standpoint. But the FTC is coming in and trying to regulate this. So they talk about how um, Meta slash Facebook try to uh, take take over this company um, that does this like workout, uh, VR workout thing. So the FTC came in to try to block that. They lost that case, the FTC. Now they're coming in for Microsoft. And from all accounts, it seems like they might lose this case too, the FTC. Sure. Like, I don't think they're going to be able to. Nothing from the court case led me to believe that Microsoft is going to not be able to continue with this deal. You were saying too, uh, I, I didn't catch this. I, I caught like a handful of tweets about it that like in the closing statement, the judge was like asking like, very pointed questions that were like clarifying questions, but also just like making like you said something about like Sony made it Sony look bad by saying like, isn't that what Sony does? Yeah. Yeah. So, so part of it was like, uh, FTC, uh, FTC was basically like, yeah, so Microsoft can keep things exclusively on, on Xbox systems for, for call of duty that Sony will not be able to do. And the judge was like, doesn't Sony do that already? <laughs> like, like every kind of question that was coming back at it, it was just kind of like, well, yeah, but this, and like, it was really interesting. It's really interesting. Um, I, I haven't heard audio or video. I know people were streaming the audio, but they were asked not to stream the audio, but they had reporters who were like live tweeting them. Uh, Destin Legary from IGN had a really yeah. good thread um, of trying to live tweet to the best of his ability what these closing arguments were. Uh, so if you want to kind of see like what this dialogue was like, look at Destin's tweets because it really gives you a good um, kind of account for that. But it went on for like three hours of basically it was supposed to be an open dialogue, but it was the closing arguments with FTC lawyer, um, Microsoft lawyer, and the judge kind of 
actually having a really interesting Q&A. Like when I think of a closing argument, I think of, you know, Perry Mason getting up in front of the courtroom, saying his final thing and, and catching the catching the bad guy. Or making the, the the jury try to like like oh I I, f- I feel for you but this was just a conversation and really with this case it's the judge's final decision who's going to be making this there's no jury or anything like that but it's just really interesting to hear the judge try to understand what the arguments were and in the process really making the FTC's case sound weaker against Microsoft sure. but. Um, a lot of this case really seems to be, and the New York Times Daily said that there's two major parts of this case. It's the Call of Duty exclusivity issue and the cloud gaming issue. And the FTC, the New York Times thing was talking about how the cloud situation seems to be the bigger case, the big tech case. Yeah. But if you've been following this court case, the FTC's case has been so narrowly focused on the cloud gaming it seems like an afterthought it's much more focused on the console wars exclusivity of call of duty and that kind of stuff to a point where i just don't think that's the argument to go and i don't think that there's enough ground to stop this acquisition based on call of duty right you know what i mean like i don't think that's going to be the reason for this I don't know. This is just very interesting for me. I am not a legal expert by any means, and I'm sure a lot of these journalists who are covering this are not <laughs> like legal experts. But like hearing this like stuff in a courtroom, I find in many situations, whenever I can get it and sit inside a courtroom and watch how these like cases go, I just am fascinated by the whole process. Um, and I love this kind of transparency. Um, and I just can't wait to see what the end result of this whole thing is going to be, whether it be, you know, not so much even Microsoft getting or not getting this deal uh, approved, um, but how tech and how gaming is going to go forward after this with all of the information about how this stuff works and exclusivity works coming out into the light for journalists and people like you and me. Well, I, I think that's uh, part of what you just said is the, one of the re- things that I really like is the like okay, now Sony, Microsoft, you need to actually tell the truth about these things. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. tra- like that full transparency about like, okay, I know that you've been saying this. How much did this cost, actually? You know, because you can't lie here, actually. Like, like you are not allowed to lie here. You have to, like, this isn't PR anymore. This is like legal stuff. Uh, and like, that's the stuff that I really appreciate because so much of this industry is so is so hush hush you know what i mean so behind closed doors and it's interesting because like you know that is the case with other industries a little bit but like in the in the film industry like budgets are are pretty widely known you know what i mean um they're pretty widely discussed and that's just not something that is happens in, in in video games for whatever reason you know what i mean but um well and even like i always say that i i feel like phil spencer is very honest to us like he i feel like he's talking with us, not at us a lot of the time, but his job is to make Microsoft like to sell Microsoft and make Microsoft be better. He is their hype man. But that's the thing. Yeah. When he's saying this on a court in the court and he is like required to tell the truth, what he says has different weight to me now than it does when he's up in front of a press conference being like, Microsoft is going to be the next big thing. Like, I I feel like now it's like, well, yeah, but like now you're trying to, you're saying the truth. When you say Call of Duty is going to be on, you're going to do everything possible to keep Call of Duty on uh, Sony. You're, you're under oath saying that like, you're not just marketing speak. And, and I think too, like, Phil Spencer's like honesty quotes, right, is a part of Xbox marketing, right? Right, a part exactly. of saying 
Phil, uh, well, we got Phil Spencer's a nice guy. Phil Spencer's your buddy, right? He's not. I don't know him. Like yeah. he, he, he works for Microsoft, one of the biggest yeah. tech companies <laughs> yeah. in the world. Like, like it is, his, you know, like that, that whole like, like relatability side yeah. to him yeah. is so like I like because I think he's a charming guy, right? Like I think they could not have picked a more charming spokesperson for that brand. Cause then you, you know, you look at someone like, uh, like Jim Ryan, who I find to be drier than like, like anytime he shows up, it's always like, okay, he's going to announce something big. So that's exciting in like these press conferences and whatever. But it's also like, I don't really want to see him that long. <laughs> like, like I just want to see what he's announcing, you know? Um, whereas I don't think he wants to be seen. I don't think he wants to be seen. He seems like he doesn't want to be there, you know? He seems like it's not his element, right? And that's fine. You know, not everyone has to be the on-camera guy. But you have someone like Phil Spencer who just seems like he is uh, a, a nice guy, a charming fellow, right? But all of that is calculated, right? Yeah. All of that stuff is a part of Xbox marketing. It's also a part. It seems to be a part of who the guy is. Yeah, because I think you, you can't be interviewed that many times, show up on stage that many times, if you're not charming and and always be coming across like you are. Right. Like I think he is a charming guy, but I think that part of him is a part of Xbox marketing. And I mean, it works on me. You know, like I said, I like seeing him when he shows up because um, he's always a good time. But and, and if you go back to the kind of funny interview on uh, with Phil yep. Spencer right after Redfall came out. Like, boy, you really see you saw him like he felt like emotionally drained at what happened with Redfall. Yes. Like that was a moment that felt like honesty. And then he tried to like turn it about like, but please like stick with us. Wait till we see what have coming next. And they come out with that really killer Xbox showcase. Yes. So and it, it, it's tough, too, because then like <laughs> it's, it's the whole thing with him. Is, yeah. is I like him. I like him a lot, uh, it, like as the face of this. But the whole thing is me liking him is like it's working on me yeah you know what yeah, i mean because yeah, it's yeah. exactly what you're saying yes he was honest and yes he came out and he felt emotionally charged and then yes he was like don't believe me until you're playing starfield and me as a person i like i'm like i like that i i like that i think that that is a cool thing to say and i think that makes me feel like i t- i can trust you more right but then that's the whole thing it's like but that's the goal you now, know now peter we, we talked a little yeah. bit about this i i want I, wa- I want every video game i play to be good yeah, of course. But like, just what would happen if Starfield sucks? If Starfield sucks, I think a lot of people would just would would pretty handily write off Xbox for the next few years, right? Like that would be that would be a worst I case would. scenario. I I would, uh, I, would I, I would just be uninterested. Like, okay, you guys have do not have the management power to take care of these things, right? I, I think I think I would have no more faith in their products. I I still have Game Pass because I'm a broken human being, and I still think like. That's awesome. There's still enough value <laughs> yeah. in Game Pass apart from okay, Redfall sucked. Okay, Starfield sucked. Right. Yeah. But um, it, to, to still go like oh well, Hi-Fi Rush was great, you know, and oh hey, Trek to Yomi got thrown up on here when it came out, you know. Yeah. But yeah, gosh, that would be that would be pretty bad. Like, uh, <laughs> like I, like, hey, I, I don't want that I, to happen. I don't want to. I don't want to be, so be good, around like, Twitter yeah. if that happens. Like no, I don't. That's, that's I, the other I thing, do not right? want to be near that. Well, good news is Twitter might not exist in September. Yeah, we don't don't have a choice. We can't anyway. Yeah. Well, right. That's the thing. You know, maybe maybe you'll be able to avoid any Starfield negativity in your 600 daily allotted (laughs) tweets that you get to see. Stupid, fucking stupid. Um, (laughs) Justin, Ubisoft, uh, a company that is uh, working on Assassin's Creed Bassem. What was that game called? Bassem? Revelations, 
What's the new Mirage? Assassin's Creed game? Mirage. Mirage, yes. Um, I hope that game's good because I, I drafted it. Assassin's Creed it. Revelations is a game. It Hold is, on. it is. Is it? Yeah, it is. I just came up with that off the dome. <laughs> uh, oh, that's when Ezio's like older. Sure. Yeah, he's in like uh, Istanbul or Constantinople. I don't remember which one, but I know them, they might be Giant Song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, um, according to Kotaku, uh, Ubisoft is working on an Assassin's Creed Black Flag remake. Black Flag is Assassin's Creed 4. That's the pirate one. Um, I have a lot of fond memories of that game. My first uh, Assassin's Creed game. Oh, really? Uh, it- my fourth. Oh. But- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, no, I think it was actually the sixth one because you had Assassin's Creed 1 Assassin's- with, Ezio, with, with uh, Altair. You had Assassin's Creed 2, two. with Ezio. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Hood. also Ezio. Okay. Assassin's Creed Revelations, yes, that is Ezio as, as an older man. Assassin's Creed 3 with Connor, the Native American guy in the, the American Revolution. And then Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. Well, so that is number five. Didn't they come out with like two at the same time? Oh, there were two like DS games. Well, no, there like, was like, a, wasn't there another one that came out the same time as Black Flag that was like. Oh, uh, uh, it, was, it was DLC for Assassin's Creed 3. That was exclusive to like the PS Vita. It's something, yeah. Where it's the where it's a woman in the French Revolution. But then the, they also did French Revolution with um, Unity. These games got away from this. Is a this bit. is one game I'm <laughs> glad I never decided to play every game in it because I would just I would still be playing those today. I have played most games. I've tried most games. Uh, I did like. Uh, oh, it's not behind me anymore. Um, the one in England in the Industrial Revolution where you pick between the, the brother and sister. I liked that one all right. Um, um, Assassin's Creed Rogue. That's what it was, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's another one. And that one only well, came out for previous gen? And then they remastered it on something. Yeah, it's too it, much. It was, a whole, too much. it was a whole like question about it, yeah. But um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag remake might be coming out. Um, uh, Kotaku said they said uh, according to two sources familiar with the plans who asked not to be named because they were not authorized to discuss them a remake of the 2013 cross-gen PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 game is still is in the earliest stages and will not be complete for at least a few years um, <laughs> I have a, uh, I have a team a, I have, at Ubisoft uh, what's that oh you keep going keep going a team at Ubisoft Singapore one of the studios that has led to the development of the Assassin's Creed franchise franchises evolving ocean tech will be heavily involved in helping to modernize the Caribbean based sailing game. A spokesperson for Ubisoft declared declined to comment. What were you going to say? I was going to say, what if like Ubisoft is just looking at skull and bones and they're like, I don't think it's going to work out. Why don't we just cancel this and make another Assassin's That's Creed? Thing. That game, dude, that game was supposed to be out like, like actually was supposed to be out like for real this time in like March or it yeah. was like April. I was literally on a spreadsheet, my name was next to Assassin's Creed, or uh, fucking, uh, what was this game called? Skull and Bones? Yeah, Skull and Bones. It, it said Skull and Bones colon Peter under reviews. I was going to review it, and then it just disappeared. <laughs> like like a ship in the night, ironically The game enough. based on Assassin's Creed 4 is still not out, yet we're already talking about the Assassin's Creed 4 remake, remake. at this point. Which, like, is silly because these games are, to be entirely honest with you, not that, like... Assassin's like I, I think after Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is when they really got the formula down. Like like Assassin's Creed one and two are still good games, but you go back to play them and they're a little bit like they do have that like defining the space air about them a little bit. But like 
Assassin's Creed Black Flag, I'm going to say, probably plays exactly the same as Assassin's Creed Unity, right? Obviously, there was that shift in the more of the Dark Souls RPG stuff with uh, Origins, um, Valhalla, and what was the one in Rome? Not Rome. Greece? Odyssey. Odyssey, right? Like, those games have a little bit of a different thing to them, but it also, now it seems like Assassin's Creed Basim... Uh, <laughs> What is that game called? Ro... Uh, Mirage? Mirage. Oh, my gosh. Dude. <laughs> These games, like, I, I don't know what, like, they need to figure out a better naming convention other than just Assassin's Creed Word, you know? Yeah. Um, they should have just gone with, like, places, right? See. Assassin's Creed. There's so many of these games right Greece, now. Greece, Rome. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But so Assassin's Creed Mirage, unclear if that's going to have the leveling RPG stuff, right? Yeah, that was I, supposed to be more of a yeah, I don't, back. I don't know if they're going to do, do like, it or not. Back. Yeah. Which even from all the trailers and whatever I've seen, and again, I've not been following it that closely, sort of seemed like it was a like a soft reboot, remake of Assassin's Creed 1. Yep, a much more um, like like smaller scope, which I feel like has re- really killed Valhalla for me, just how big that game yes, was. Yes, 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 yes. Like, too big, guys, too big. Agreed. Um... I don't know. I would be interested in this just because I feel like pirate games are a little few and far between right now. I mean, obviously, we have Return to Monkey Island. Excellent game. Um, Obviously, we have Skull and Bones, but that's like a multiplayer game, right? Um, But so I would be interested in this, especially because uh, Skull and Bones just is still gone, right? Is 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 not around. But I'm also like of the opinion. Can we make new stuff? You know, this game is, is still good, I bet. Um I bet it's probably easily accessible because it was on the Xbox one and PS four. So like, I bet you could probably still buy it from those marketplaces like on the PS five and Xbox series X. Like, can we just, I personally would like something new. I, I, that's just me. I, you know, I'm not trying to be that guy. I would like this. I, I bet, I bet I would enjoy this game, but you know what I'm saying? I, I think I think I agree. I think part of this though, this is like that game preservation, like how to how to easiest way to play the game. And I know it's stupid because you got to put you know forty, fifty, sixty, seventy dollars down in order to play these remakes. But keeping it up to date is just making it more accessible to people. And I know I know there are so many ways for people to still get this game if they really want to play it. But a casual Assassin's Creed fan or a casual video game fan isn't going to jump through those hoops to play it. But if they come up with another, like, Hey, we're remaking this game. It'll get more casual people into it. I like, yeah. Like I think you are correct there, but I I guess I would push back on that and say like, with how many fucking Assassin's Creed games there are, are like, are there casual video game fans? Like, are they jumping to, well, we gotta, I gotta play black flag. And not, I got to play Odyssey. I got to play Origins. I got to play Valhalla. I got to play. I think it is an easier jumping on point than most of them. I guess. But, I mean, I. I, I like, I, like as someone who's played a lot of them, yeah, I guess. But, like, I think that the new Assassin's Creed game, like, most most of them are pretty solid spots to just jump in. As long as you just go, I don't know what the fuck is happening in this story. Uh, here's a spoiler for the end of Valhalla. Uh, let me look up some character names real quick. Hold on. Okay, cool, cool. It's uh, Skullguard. Uh, <laughs> that You're actually super not wrong here. Um, Valgarin. So we got Cass. Can we get Cass? Is Cass on here? Why did I click on this if Cass was not on here? Uh, oh, that's... Okay, here we go. 
Wait, what? Hold on a second. This is so this fandom.com is a bad website. <laughs> um there's our who review. Were the, who were the two um the two assassins that showed up? Um I don't know. Um, Do you know what I'm talking you know I'm talking about? Yeah, the two that like kind of like bring you into it. Yeah. Um one of them, the one that's not Bassem. Are you, here's the spoiler. Spoilers for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Was that his name? Hytham. Yeah. Hytham. Yeah. How, how's Basim that and H Y T H A M. H Y. Yep. Okay. Hytham, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, um, gets transported into modern day. <laughs> hmm. And I was like out <laughs> I, mean, hmm. I was like i've been out of the the like overarching assassin's creed modern day story for a while but like as soon as he showed up and start they're like giving him soup and whatever the fuck i'm like hmm. i can't do this anymore yeah uh, I, I i i feel like for the longest time the more they focus on the modern day like the just kill the, it just the kill the it connection of everything is the harder yeah. it gets to follow and the dumber it gets it's it's conv- it's so convoluted at this point and like so unbelievably stupid that it's sh- it kill it right if you just killed it then you don't have to worry about it. it you wouldn't have to worry about it and then you could just focus on like making a good story about like yeah assassins about, in assassins egypt in, why don't we just right do that so Done. interested so down i'm so into that you know but um, the animus what about that <laughs> the only time it was cool was in three when you're playing as the dad for the first like two hours and then it turns out he's a templar Oh, that sucks. And then, you, and then you like shift over and you play as Connor, and that was cool. That's pretty cool. But like you could it do that cool. without being easily in the animist. Like easily, it's like most it's just a story structure. Yeah. yeah. Well, how can yeah. we do this? Hmm, can we just like switch perspective? No, 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 no. Too no, easy. No, no, no. Let's easy. think of something else. The animus. Um, remember when? Remember when? Uh, who was the girl? She was on the Good Place. She's married to Dax Shepard. Uh, Kristen Bell. Um, <laughs> I was a pull right there. You see all the, I knew all the information about her. I can see her face very clearly. Uh, Kristen Bell, she was the girl in Assassin's Creed 1, 2, and maybe Brotherhood. Really? Yeah, she's like the blonde woman. Oh, wow. Uh, she's like the assistant. And she was she ruined... Because like initially, when they were marketing the game, they did not ex- tell you that it was set in current day. Like That was like a big reveal. But she leaked that because her character is not in the the uh crusades like times that that you go back to in the first game she's only the assistant in uh the animus stuff and so she ended up revealing in an interview like something about the timing of it all and and it was a big deal this makes me laugh kristen bell was in frozen kristen bell was the girl in frozen oh wow okay wow i'm learning a lot about kristen bell right now I know. I can tell you all about Frozen. I just went to Disney World. <laughs> I can tell you all about it. Kids love it. Kids are still very much. If you if you were wondering, hey, is Frozen Fever died down since it came out in 2015? Nope. The answer is no. Have Children you s- fucking love it. Have you seen Frozen 2? Nope. I haven't. I don't know what it's about. Elena told me about it, and I don't remember if she said it was good or bad. I mean, because I, I asked. I was like, is this good? I thought they tied up that plot quite nicely in the previous one. I uh, don't really like the plot of Frozen very much. If I'm, I'm being entirely honest I, with you, most Disney. No, no, films. do not hit me with most Disney. Tangled, fucking airtight, incredible movie. 
Tangled slaps so hard. Tangled slaps my cheeks up and down. Do you have another one? That's my face cheeks. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, Mulan. Mulan slaps my ass cheeks hard, dude. Mulan is a fucking Mulan. Let me tell you about Mulan real quick. I'm sorry. I'm not a Disney person. We know this has been established. I'm not a Disney person. I think Mulan is a perfect film. I think every single moment of Mulan is memorable and exceptional in what it does for, for telling that story. So my comment is I feel like a lot of these Disney movies, watching from an adult's perspective, they don't take enough time to linger on moments because they move so fast. They don't want to lose That's attention. why Mulan. That's why Mulan is perfect. I think Mulan is perfect from the avalanche scene on. I feel like the beginning moves a little fast for me. Do you remember do you remember Mulan where they're all like the the army comes to her town and is like reading out all the names? Yeah. And she's like really worried about her dad. And then like they call her dad's name and he like he like hobbles out there and then he, he realizes he's been called and he like stands, stands up straight. Up straight. He he's proud. Ca- he's proud. He hands his cane she over. He went against what he wanted. And then and then she like tries to stop him and like in front of everyone he like yells at her and she's like, Oh, she took oh, honor man. away from him. Oh, fuck. It's such a good movie, dude. Man, I love it. so hard. Her running up against, like, the entire Hun army. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With just yeah. one firework. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> and fucking Eddie Murphy, you missed. He's two feet in front of you and you missed. No, I, I uh, do think Mulan's movie. a good movie. Good, good movie. How did we get here? Frozen. Frozen 2. Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed. Spoiler alert. Just talk about Gollum. <laughs> Let's talk about Gollum, Justin. Gollum. Uh, this is this. I know that Gollum is like kind of a meme, like kind of a joke, because like the game was just so poorly received. Um, but this this piece of news is a little upsetting, just in the terms of like I don't want anyone to lose their jobs, you know. Um, Daedalic Entertainment, which is the studio that is responsible for uh, Gollum, or rather, Lord of the Rings: colon, Gollum, the video game, um, has closed the. Uh, Hamburg, Germany-based studio that developed the game. Um, Daedalic has done a lot of publishing, uh, and they are going to be leaning into publishing now because they do not... um, They were not happy with how Gollum turned out or was received, I imagine, or sold. Um, This is Daedalic's full statement that they sent to Polygon.com. They say this, Daedalic Entertainment has made the decision to close its development department with full focus now on our publishing business. Eight promising releases will be launching in this financial year alone. Even though the Lord of the Rings Gollum did not live up to the expectations we had for the game, we are very grateful for the opportunity and the learning experience it brought us. Currently, we are working on another patch for the Lord of the Rings Gollum. A follow-up project in the Lord of the Rings universe that has already been started will be discontinued. The Federal Ministry for Economic Affairs and Climate Protection, as the body responsible for the federal funding, was informed of this some time ago. That's who they have to talk to. I think they're German. I think we said that earlier. That's who they have to talk to uh, to, like cancel projects and whatever um we value each and every member of our team very much and it is important to us that the transition goes as well as possible we will therefore support our former employees in finding new opportunities within our network a difficult break but also a new beginning in this already long history of daedalic entertainment so nice to see that i mean at least front facing they're saying we're trying to help the people who are you know no longer going to be employed for us from us closing the studio help them find new jobs uh, i do i think that's good uh, i also think I don't know. I didn't play Gollum. I will when it's $1. I will. Um, I think that 
is probably the right move for them so that they don't sink a lot more money into developing games if it's just not where they're going to shine. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And I think part of it, too, is just um, they're... I think they said, what, eight games are coming out this year? Yeah. So they clearly have a successful publishing business, or at least they have a lot of other projects to focus on. So why take resources away from being the best publisher possible to putting together a game that people hate, you know? And that's the other thing. Like, I, I've never heard of Daedalic Entertainment before this game, but I know them now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I don't know, and I don't know them for their, for their quality publishing, yeah. you know? Yeah, So I, I think, to me, this is the move, but... And I think this is sad whenever a company loses, you know... Ha, you know yeah, of course. But I don't... This From the beginning, this this project was not living up to expectations. It was seemed to be fraught with <clears throat> issues, so... Yeah, um, sorry, Gollum. I, like, again, no one wants this. No one is excited for this, um, but so it goes. So the last thing we've got here um, is just a quick recap of the uh, Annapurna showcase that happened this year, this summer. Annapurna um, is, I think, in my opinion, one of the um, like top-tier indie publishers uh, in the game right now. Pretty much anything that Annapurna publishes, I would like to give a shot. Doesn't mean I'm always going to like it, I'm looking at you. Take uh, twelve minutes. I'm looking at you. Uh, I didn't love. Uh, did Annapurna do Roller Drome? I'm not Roller sure, but I'll Drome. check. I think they did. Um, publisher. Nope. Take Two Interactive, Private Division. Um, it seems like something they would do. But uh, <laughs> Annapurna, I, I I tend to really like. I love. Uh, I still really think about frequently. Um, Maquette. Remember that? Yep. That was an Annapurna joint. Um, uh, the Outer Worlds, or the Outer Wilds, excuse me, is a Mawcat, is a, is a Annapurna game. Um, they are they are well known at this point. Stray, uh, Stray, yep, Annapurna. You've got um, Neon White. Yes. What is the game that's about? Like it's a it's Queen Latifah narrates it, and it's about a breakup album. Oh gosh, Cyanora Wild Hearts. Cyanora. That's a hard word, hard game to say. But um, they had their showcase, and uh, a handful of things got shown off. Uh, speaking of Sayonara, Wild Hearts, Lorelei, and the Laser Eyes um, got a new trailer that is um, from the developers of Sayonara, Wild Hearts. Uh, although I don't think we got a release date for that. No, we did not. No. Cocoon, which is the new game coming from uh, um, uh, uh, the. Limbo developer uh, JP yeah, Carlson. Yeah. It, it's by uh, some of the Limbo um, devs. Because they had a they had a split after Limbo and Inside. Uh, they split off. Half of that company went on to do. Um, I'm like blank. I'm doing bad with game names right now. What was the game? Inside. No, after Inside. There's a game after Inside. Yeah, it did not. It was not super well received um, last year. Um, Limbo Inside Developer. Play Dead. They also made Somerville. Somerville. I don't know if that was Play Dead though, because it's not on their thing. Anyway, um, Cocoon is is from oh, them. Oh, it was, it was, it was a release date. Powder. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, release date uh, September 29th. Uh, people seem to be into it based on the impressions they've had from uh, um, Summer Game Fest. Yeah, it looks. Uh, it it looks lush. Fun. Yeah, you got Lush Foil Photography Sim, um, which is a new picture, like, like photography game. Uh, it looks kind of interesting. It, it's like all super like highly rendered, uh, uh, very detailed like environments where you are 
taking pictures and, and taking a, a just more artistic look at, at photography stuff, um, which is kind of cool because like we, we've had a handful of like photography games in the past few years um, with new Pokemon Snap and with um, was that game? Toem. Toem. That's what I'm thinking of. There, there have been a handful of these photography games, um, but this one seems to be really based on the like like just taking like really solid photos and not necessarily like grading them. Um, it, it, it's hard to say from just this trailer, but that's the vibe it gives off. Well, you know what I mean? You even think like about like, thing. like how people like really take off with photo modes and create these yeah. wonderful, you know, images from video games that you would never expect to kind of get. And if the whole point of this game is to try to like look at really unique scenic places and try to take cool photorealistic images of them, I think that's really cool. Yeah, and I don't know if this is in the trailer here or not. Um, I mean, this looks like it is uh, uh, all in uh, Unreal Engine 5, just based on how, how solid these environments look. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this game looks great. I'm, I'm interested in it, uh, but there's no date on it. It was just announced. Um, we got Two a T, which is the new game from uh, the creator of Katamari Damacy uh, and Watam, which I didn't play. Did you play Watam or Watam? Nope. Um, it, it looks like Watam a lot and it's like, uh, like (laughs) it looks like if Watam, which is take a look at this game. If, if you haven't already, um, you'll, you'll like recognize it if they, if it was like using like humans instead of like weird shapes and weird, like ice cream cones and whatever. Um, this is, is you play as a kid who T poses, (laughs) And can only T-pose. And uh, I'm not really sure what the objective here is. It's just like a... He's stuck in a T-pose shape. I don't know if if you're like rolling stuff up or whatever. But it just looks like more like an adventure game. But... um, You got a cute little dog involved, so I'm in. Yeah, you do. Um, What else was on here that looked interesting? Um, You got... Uh, uh, what, what, yeah, what do you I was say? Like Ghost Bike is the people who did Nidhogg. Um, it looks to be a little bit more chill game rather than a chaotic game, but uh, it does look a little fun. Have you played Nidhogg? Yeah. Oh, I mean, th- those are like perfect little party games. Uh, yeah, I've played a lot of, of Nidhogg. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because this looks so different because it's like you're like biking and and you've got but you've got like a flaming skull on the front of your bike yeah um looks kind of weird but i mean it, lo- I, it looks I, I like Nidhogg. yeah yeah it really does um i i mean i'll play this this comes in in 2024 so we've got a while until it comes out but um i don't know i think it looks pretty good yeah i agree at least interesting enough um we've got uh, strays coming to xbox it was a ps5 exclusive in pc i think for a long mm-hmm. time um, but it is it's coming to Xbox. Is this, uh, did they say, is this Game Pass? Uh, no, just Xbox One. Yeah, but Xbox not Game Series Pass. Yeah. yeah. Um, another big headline for me is that uh, Thirsty Suitors has a release date. This is the dating sim skating game, which is fucking just a very <laughs> that good. That sentence, that was a sentence. Yeah. Um, I, I really like how this game looks, too. Um, I, I don't know. I think the animation style is, is really appealing to me. Isn't um, it like a turn-based game? I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's fighting too, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, like, it's like skating and fighting. Yeah, yeah. there's like a, a bunch of different genres that are kind of put together. But I think this could be a surprise little um, a little hit. But I, surprise might be the wrong word because I think this has been on people's radars for a while. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like, like it looks like truly very weird, but like very weird in a way that I like can definitely get down with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm always a fan of when uh, studios try something new in terms of like, okay, we're doing these three genres together. Yeah. Give it a shot. Yeah. You know? Let's see if it's fun. Um, especially with something that seems to be so self-aware and so um, like, uh, like zany. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, the tagline here at the end of the trailer is battle your exes, disappoint your parents, find yourself. So like, that's great. <laughs> well been there. Thirsty suitors. Yeah. Um, and so that's coming out on November 2nd, which is uh, pretty soon. Is this uh, is this exclusive to anything, or is this on everything? I'm not sure, but I know I drafted it, so it better be a ten out of ten. It is on everything. Um, Switch the whole, the whole slew. Yep, it's on Switch, Woo-wee. and it's coming to Game Pass. Woo-wee. So that is an easy, so, easy. So game the listeners will up. be able to hear me complain about how um, I want to still buy it, even though it's on Game Pass. I know that you will. I don't know if they want to, but I know that you will. Yeah. Um, Another thing, I don't know, are you a Blade Runner fan? Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth. Um, this is kind of notable because this is... Annapurna, isn't publi- Annapurna is publishing this one, but they're developing it as well, which is, I think is their first like self-developed game. That's crazy. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, like... I guess I don't know anything about... Anything that goes into like the creation of... Um, of video games, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, like what a relationship like a publisher has with actual like game development. But like, I think if you are a publisher that is as successful and as well regarded as something like Annapurna, I think maybe investing in making your own games from time to time is not a bad idea. Would you agree? Oh, and you would assume they know a, a bunch of good developers and they know a bunch of good people that they have these resources that if they get enough people who are, you know, in need of a job, I'm sure that this is not only a good way to make sure those people stay employed, but I would trust their vision for what a good game would be. So if they have a team together, that's like, Hey, we want to make this game. I'm sure they're like, sure, let's do it. And that's the thing too. Like, you know, with a lot of these games, like they're, pretty small teams you know like i remember like the the credits for like trek to yomi was was just so um like that team was so extraordinarily small you know yeah um and i mean 12 minutes like is as bad as i found that game to be in terms of its story like i think it was made by just a few people right like like it's it's small stuff and and I don't know. I think I think this is kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that they would know a handful of people who said, like, hey, we're all, if you're creatives and you're interested in working on a team like for this, um, you know, y- you you can. You can have a job here, right? Uh, the director is Chelsea Hash, who was the lead technical artist for What Remains of Edith Finch oh, okay. um, and, the, and directed the game director for Solar Ash. So, like, I don't know. That sounds pretty good to me. Uh, I'm, I'm, again, Blade Runner doesn't excite me, but Annapurna like putting the details together, of this yeah. do, right? Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things that most of these games at this, at this, uh, uh, conference, I, I trust them. And it, at the very least, they're just not going to be my taste, but they yeah. can still be interesting to try. Yeah. I, uh, agree. Um, yeah, I, I would, I will try just about anything that these guys have, you know? But, Except for um, drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. It's true. I would not try drugs if they gave me drugs. <laughs> so put that in your pipe and smoke it. Or don't. Um, I think that's I think that's coming to the end of our show here. News has been weird. We, we sort of said at the top of the, the show that with the way Twitter is behaving right now, with the changes that are being made to it, it's been making like getting news <laughs> a little bit more a little difficult. Rough, so, if yeah. we miss, so if we miss anything, we do apologize. But um, let us know and... and 
and we'll definitely we can cover it next week if if you are all interested um i don't know i i think this ftc stuff has been really interesting do we know when we're going to hear about like the results of this uh i would assume not at least until this episode gets posted because of the holiday weekend um but even then like what's the rush you know holiday weekend <laughs> Four, oh fourth of july fourth of july yeah do most people have those days off uh i think maybe i i'm a teacher so uh, i'm in a, a very teacher, so different you, you have those days very off, that different world uh right <laughs> my now my mom and like my parents, like they, they know what I do. You know, like I'm very lucky. Like my parents like know what I do and are interested in what I do. You know what I mean? Uh, my mom, my freaking mom driving me in Atlanta, the airport on Monday. Uh, and was telling me she read a review of final fantasy 16. <gasps> Cause she was like, she was like, Oh, you know, like I miss, you know, having conversations with like this with you. And, and she said, she mentioned something about how, like it was the sort of review that, uh, talks about like, what is a final fantasy game? It, you know, like less about, less about, the actual game itself yeah, and more yeah, about yeah. like the conversation that sort of we had about it a bit, little bit last week. Um, and I was like shocked. I was like, wow, you know, it was, it was very sweet, but it's like my parents like get what I do. Right. But like every so often they'll like send me a text, like, like, Hey, do you have Columbus day off? Yeah. Like, I do not mom. No. <laughs> like, no. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, no, well, kind of, I could maybe, like it really depends on who emails me in the morning, you know? Um, but there you go. Uh, so 4th of July independence day is one of the 11 federal holidays recognized nationwide by the United States government. Oh, so that's, that's kind of exciting. Yeah. So are you off then? Is that, is that what this is? No, I, I don't know. I, t- I mean, I took all week off. Yeah. So like I could probably get off from like one, but it's also like, I live my month. Like I, I live my, my, I live my life month to month in terms of like how much money I make in a certain month. Yeah. Like yeah. reaching a certain quota based on like how many projects I take on and stuff. So like taking a day off here and there is like fine. I, I tend to do them more towards the end of the month when I have a better idea of like, like, Oh, this is how much I made. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, so when, you know, I took all of last week off and that was the last week of the month. And, uh, I, like those first three weeks, it was just like crunch, 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 crunch to try and make up for me not being around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah so will i have the fourth of july off um it really depends on if what time my plans are (laughs) (laughs) i'm not kidding uh i but also like i also live such a life that like you know i could work in the morning and then just call it yeah yeah. because because also like even though i might not have even though i might not take take today off a lot of companies do so, like, how much news is going on? How much phone news is happening on 4th of July? Probably not much, you know? But Unless someone uses their phone as a firework by accident. True. So true. Could yeah. happen. Could. Happened to me once. What? Never again. Oh. Yeah, well, no, unless know, you have a new phone. Yeah, I had to get a new phone, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you ever, uh, are you a fireworks person? No. Like, like, do you like watching them? Oh, like watching them, yeah. But, like, like me lighting them off, I don't need to do that. No, I've always like I had friends who did uh, when I was in high school. What are those? Are they called Roman you candles? Do they go? Do they die? I, some of them I don't really talk to anymore. Oh, okay. for <laughs> too many fireworks, space. you know. Too many fireworks related incidents. Yeah. yeah. Is it Roman candles where it's like a long stick that just shoots out colored fire? Sounds right. Uh, we had we had wizard battle battles. Okay. In um <laughs> in in the field behind my friend Will's house uh, for the Fourth of July one year. Where we're just shooting colored <laughs> bolts of fire at each other. Okay, I like that. Um, 
and it's the sort of thing that like then was very fun. Now I'm like, this is how kids die. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like like unfunny. This is how how people get burned to death so, or like get like horrible burns and like or like 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 light houses on fire. I watched this video of the, of this like this family. They were sitting around at the Dude. driveway. Is, Dude, is are you talking one? about this this like video? Yeah. like this like it's security like a cam? security cam footage. They put the yes. firecracker out in the street, and it doesn't explode up, and the air explodes in the ground, and all the, the kids like the the parents pick up the kids, they walk away, they're like yelling at like you did it wrong, but one of the sparks gets into the trunk of the car with the rest of the fireworks, and then this explosion that like just rumbles everything just goes off. It feels like a war zone. It was horrifying, but also. I don't think anyone got injured. Did anyone die that you know of? Okay, so no. So I, Justin, it's funny you bring this up. I've watched this video maybe two hundred times. Uh, it's bit yeah, have a few. I have I have watched this video. I'm serious, probably two hundred times with my whole family. No one got hurt. Okay, good. Uh, like according to according to the company, because it was the company who people were asking the company who makes the cameras. Okay, about it. <laughs> according to them, nobody got hurt. So that's good. That said. The property damage that was done there, astronomical. Again, I've watched this a lot of times. We were we looked at like the neighborhood. It is a brand new neighborhood. It is oh. like all of the houses are brand new. All of the fences are brand new. We were looking at them. We're like, the fence over there, that is a plastic fence. That's that gone. thing melted yeah. for sure. Oh my like, god. The front of this house melted. All the plants gotta be dead. We my family like examined this whole video and we talked about like Okay, this person probably gets divorced from their wife <laughs> because he he runs in front of one, the, one of the guys who's like by the garage runs in front of one of the kids to safety. And you watch that back. If I'm your spouse and you ran to safety when there were children trying to run behind you that you did not turn around and grab, you fucking coward. <laughs> you you do not come back here. You do not come back here. You do not come back and sleep in this bed with me. No, you do not. We, like I'm not kidding, dude. We've watched this so many times, going for every single person. Where do you end up? What I happens track to you? Through did, the whole thing. Yes, yes, dude. Such a good video. So telling of the world. Yeah, you really it's find not, a lot about just, yourself when a firework car goes off right next to you. Yes, I I bet you find out a lot about yourself, and I hope that I'm the kind of guy who would turn and grab one of those kids and not get divorced from my wife for being a coward. <laughs> That's all we got for you today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We truly do appreciate it. Here's uh, just a quick reminder. Jump into our Discord server. Link to that is in the description of this episode. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Noel and Dave Parker for those additional 30-minute plus bonus episodes. Um, you can find all that again, patreon.com slash hitbox pot. You can't support us there. It's literally all good. We just, we, we appreciate you hanging out and talking with us. Uh, or I guess listening to us. You could talk back. I won't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at hitbox pod. As long as that is available. Uh, if Twitter ever goes up in flames, uh, meet back here and we'll tell you. We'll find, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll tell you what happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got a handful of, of different avenues here, right. That we've, we've discussed, but, um, We'll, we'll find you. <laughs> You'll find us rather. Well, listen um, for a knock on your door. Knock on your door. Note under the note through the through the mail hole. Do doors even have that anymore? Probably Some, not. Huh? Depending on your territory, Some? I'm sure. Yeah, we yeah. we don't even have at my parents' house. We don't even have uh, um, like a mailbox. 
like in front of our at the end of our driveway, we've got like this big like community mailbox. Oh, that's annoying. It makes it hard to deliver things to us sometimes. Yeah. Also, they live in a cul-de-sac, so sometimes parking. mail carriers just oh. freak out. Yeah, they're like, what? Oh, uh, parking's great there, but... Yeah. Um, what was I saying here? Follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. Discord. Rate our podcast in your podcast player of choice. Five out of five, Discord, man. yeah. Patreon.com slash HitboxPod. I think that's it. Is that it? I think, that's it. I think it's... I, I think you did a great job, as always, Peter. Justin, No. I think you did a great job as always. Oh. Uh, but we can debate this off off, off air. Yeah, we'll go uh, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Just but only one of us literally got off the airplane and immediately started podcasting. Yeah, I did do that. You did. I literally so, I, I mean, came into my house, I sat down for ten minutes and I texted you I was like, I'm all right. It's I'm time. Ready. We're ready. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Always remember old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>